This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Bloomberg Quick Takes Tim Stenovic from Bloomberg Radio. Well, a favorite go-to guest, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we talk about macro trends. We've talked about the virus a lot. We've certainly talked real estate uh, and what's going on there. Back with us is Kent Swig. He is president at Swig Equities, a real estate development and investment firm focusing on commercial and residential properties. He's on the coast looking at it all, and he's back with us on the phone in New York City. We've even talked crypto with him. Hey, how are you? I am doing well. Nice to be back. And, um... And working, which is, you know, a lot of people back at work. Well, tell us about that. Is everybody back to your office? What's going on there? My office, yes. Almost everybody is back at work. Um, interestingly, about in the, in the city right now, about uh, for the real estate community, almost 77, 80% of the population uh, is back at work. It's not that yet in the other industries, probably hovering about 30% or so. Well, you know, it's interesting, Kat. We were talking earlier on air about kind of uh, the divide when it comes to the financial community. You've got firms like Goldman and others who are like, watch it back at work. And then you have Citigroup who's being kind of given people some more leeway. Um, do you think ultimately everybody's back in the office, to be quite honest with you? Or does it depend on industry? Well, I would say that we're going to know this by Labor Day. So over the next two and a half months, I think that New York City's office will start repopulating itself. Um, whether people will work maybe one day, possibly two days at home as a built-in new way of doing business, we'll have to see. But um, July 7th or so, everything is supposed to open up in New York. And I think that most of the population between then and Labor Day will be back working. Well, listen, you're having conversations with a lot of heads of companies in different industries. And I do wonder, you know, Kent, we've heard a lot about from heads of companies saying, we're going to allow some flexibility. That's just the way it's going to be going forward. Uh, I think in some of the tech community, that's been the way for years, maybe, perhaps. Do you think a lot of it, though, that when people say we're going to be hybrid, it's a lot of lip service right now, and that ultimately heads of companies want their workers back, whether it's here or Iowa or North Dakota or Chicago or San Francisco or L.A.? Well, I, I'm not sure it's lip service. I think people are genuine in saying that they're looking at some form of hybrid uh, working okay. environment. However, I don't think it's going to last um, that long because once people are back and they see the productivity, the efficiency, the creativity that's in the office um, by, by being physically located in the office and the camaraderie, etc., I think that people will want to be back in the offices and the businesses themselves, the leaders in the business, are going to really want people to be here. Um. So, okay, which is good to know. One thing I do wonder too is what are the projects that you're seeing? And forgive me, I gave you I gave you more time because I thought you had more to say. That's okay, no, I got more to say. It's okay. <laughs> I know you do. So, what kind of projects then are getting off the ground right now? Uh, I'm curious about the environment here. Well, you know, it's interesting. It, 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 if you look in New York right now through the pandemic even, you take a look at the Farley office on, on, on the city side, on, mm -hmm. the, on the civic side, Farley office building, which is a magnificent, magnificent structure opened up, which obviously is the Amtrak and LARR um, uh, uh, train station. Mm -hmm. um, you've got J.P. Morgan's building going on right now, which is one of the largest buildings built in New York City on 47th and 48th Park to Madison. Um, you've got the LaGuardia Airport finishing up, which is a massive reconstruction 
Um, you've got the Hudson Yards, which is still being built mm-hmm. and more being built over there. Um, my family has just completed a building redo of the HBO building for Bank of America um, next to the Grace Building on 1100 Avenue in Americas. There are major projects going on with a lot of money coming into New York. And when you look at that, that, that tells you that you know money is not going to be spent here just to be idle and, and, and be patient, that this is money that wants to return, um, wants passengers in the terminal for the LaGuardia Airport, wants passengers in for, for the Farley Office Building, etc. So um, when you look at that kind of investment, you look at the, across the board, both publicly and privately, it does bode well for New York. So new money coming in, because some of the projects you talked about, like are, you know, J.P. Morgan's, LaGuardia, these Hudson Yards, these have been projects that have been in the works for years. But you're saying new money coming in Correct. to get ready for new projects as well, Ken? I, yes, uh, Boston Properties is mm-hmm. looking at a couple major buildings. Vernado is looking at major new buildings in, in the uh, Penn Station area. Um, it, you know, across the board, there's residential projects um, that are that are rekindling and looking uh, at at coming in. You know, launching and and growing. So yeah, I, I I think there's a lot of activity going on, which doesn't mean that's instantaneously wonder you know wonderfulness right. in in the marketplace. <laughs> um, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time, especially for the retail for the hotel um, industry, but. The amount of money and the amount of dedication into New York City speaks very well for our success going forward. So, so much for everyone. And we've just got about 20 seconds, then we'll come back and talk more that everybody's going to leave the city. I know you and I have had this conversation. You don't see it happening. No, I don't. And and I got to tell you, you, everybody says technology rules the day, and that's why people don't have to be here. And yet, the technology companies are the ones who are expanding here. You know, mm-hmm. uh, as I said, Facebook it took 1.7 million square feet in Hudson yeah. Yards, still not occupied yet. They took another 500,000 square feet, right. not occupied because it's not built yet. They took another 500,000 square feet at right. the Farley Office Building and a building to be built. Google <laughs> is expanding here. Amazon, you know. I want to get right back to Kent Swig. He is president at Swig Equities, a real estate development and investment firm focusing on both commercial and residential properties um, in the United States, particularly the coast. Hey, Kent, what's top of mind for you right now when it comes to some of the big macro issues? And I asked coming off of G7, we were focusing very much global leaders, what they were going to do with COVID, especially for developing markets, the responsibility there. There's a, it feels like a lot going on. What's top of mind for you? Well, I would. The first thing is, is that uh, I think we're reawakening from a very dark period of time, and I would say that is both, you know, health-wise, as as our United States is vaccinating ourselves. I think we're a little over 50 percent right now. Hopefully, getting up to 70 percent. And politically, uh, I would say that we're reawakening from a dark period of time. Uh, regardless of whether one is looking from a Republican point of view or a Democratic point of view, I'm, I'm talking about a, a worldwide engagement point of view. You know, we were more isolationist under the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. I think now under the Biden administration, we're more active and, and, and you know, more participatory in the world. So I think for me, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, that's really on the top of my mind is we're reengaging back. You know, physically we're reengaging back, I think emotionally and politically. And I think that is how one, you know, leads towards success. Um, it, it's the isolation and the retraction that doesn't work very well. So that's, that mm-hmm. to me is very refreshing and a very positive thing for, for both personal lives, business lives, you know, civics, civic lives, all that. How much do you think about 
as a result of what happened at G7 and our Andy Brown of Bloomberg New Economy was on earlier saying it was really an opportunity for global leaders to truly step up and think about vaccinating the world. And they kind of came up big time short. Uh, and, and just a reminder, and the IMF has talked about this, that if we don't really get COVID under control globally, we're talking about an impact, an economic impact globally, even if it feels better in the U.S. Nonetheless, the whole world needs to be vaccinated. Are we not stepping up as we should? And, and do you think about that when you look at kind of certainly the risks to the global economy? Um, yes, I do all mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. um, and But being very brutally frank, uh, we've got an issue in the United States. Um, we were in a prior administration that frankly denied the existence of COVID. Um, so we're, we're sitting in the United States and people are torn right now to get a free vaccine, which is a life-saving you know, uh, uh, vaccine mm -hmm. for themselves and for other people. So much so that in the state of Ohio, they've got to offer a lottery of million dollar you know, prizes to get people to vaccinate themselves when people anywhere around the world would be paying a fortune just to get a vaccine. So um, I think first and foremost, we've got to, we've got to be able to step up and, and acknowledge what's happened and vaccinate ourselves. And yes, there has to be some kind of global understanding because we are very in interconnected. The same pandemic that swept around the world, right? We, we can prevent that or, or try to eliminate that through a vaccination program around the world. So it's, it's very blatantly obvious to me that we're very interconnected and our country has to take the lead to do it. We've had a big problem just admitting that there was a problem in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I think we're over that right now and I think we have to go in and step forward with the world. Having said that, as you talk to leaders, as they plan projects, as you plan investments and projects, I mean, are we even close to being back at where we were pre-pandemic in terms of how we're looking at the outlook? You know, I'll give you an example mm -hmm. for the residential market in New York City, which is surprisingly wonderful, but still surprising. Um, when you start looking at the amount of money being spent in New York on, new apart on apartments, um, we have set a record now for several months in a row every week for new apartment purchases, um, signed contracts, so we're not going to read about them till they close, mm -hmm. but signed contracts going forward over $4 million. Almost every single week we've broken records that are 20 years old. Um, so again, an enormous amount of money being funded in. Um, prices, yes, are down, um, but activity and still over $4 million, over $4 million, that's mm -hmm. a lot of money. Mm -hmm. um, so there's enormous activity going on. Uh, in, in that, there is very, very strong activity in new condo development. Prices are a little bit down, but the fact that people are spending that kind of money tells you what's going on. So that, that, that to me, bodes very, very well for New York City as well. Um, so I'm very pleasantly surprised. Are we over over this yet? Not yeah. a chance. It's yeah. going to take time. And again, we're not even going to know where we really are, I think, until the fall. What's changing in the real estate market as a result of the pandemic? I mean, I still walk around and I see a lot of shuttered stores and retail and restaurants. What changes uh, as a result of the pandemic? Well, the, 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 uh, the most obvious biggest impact are hotels and retail. Mm -hmm. um, clearly, I mean, people were not going out. People were not allowed to go out. Um, and, what, what, and, and, and that 
created a big, big problem with major retail, you know, closures. Uh, what's happening now is, in my opinion, you're going to have musical chairs. People are going to go from one retail store to another retail, retail store. Uh, retail store. They'll be opening up again. Prices will be down. That will let a lot of new people coming in, and I think there'll be great opportunity. That still is going to take a little bit of time. Um, the other thing that's gone on, I think, on a positive side is that at one point we reached almost 28% of all the available space, office space in New York City as as in sublet uh, mm. space. That wow. has gone down to about 23%. That was an all-time high. So we've now seen over the past 60 days more companies that were planning on putting space on the market through sublet, taking that off and, and realizing they're going to use it for themselves. So I think that trend is coming back. We're still yeah. on a commercial side at an all-time high almost of, 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 uh, vacant, of availability at about 17%. But there's a lot of new deal activity going on. And again, this is going to take time as people right. start recognizing they're safe in the office, people will be coming back. So between July 7th and Labor Day, I think we're going to see some momentum coming back. All right. Can leave it on that now? Good to hear your voice. Be well. Kent is president at Swig Equities. Kent Swig, uh, a real estate development and investment firm, uh, and he joined us on the phone in New York City.